Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kind of Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is the keys to a successful relationship. What are they? Let's find out. Hey guys, I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. I have my beauty here. Aisha Holden. How are up? you? I'm good. How are I you? I like your hair up and that Thank little scrunchie. You. It's super cute. <laughs> it's very 90s. Um, <laughs> which is totally back right now. Yeah. Um, friends, if you like today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Don't just listen. We appreciate the listen, but subscribe. Um, leave us a five-star rating or review and tell a friend. We're also on social media. We are at Kind of Dating Across the Board. I am on Instagram at Natasha Chandel, Facebook, Natasha Chandel Official, and Twitter, Natasha underscore Chandel. Aisha? I am at Aisha Says Dance across all social media networks. Yay. <laughs> we have our friend back with us again. He was at the last episode telling us all of our mistakes as single people. <laughs> and now he's going to help us fix it with the keys to a successful relationship. He is executive producer of Big Brother, American Grit, Pink Collar Crimes, among so many others, including currently the Gordon Ramsay show, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, which is on National Geographic. I have John Kroll. I can't understand why you had me back. I'm even older than I was during the er the previous podcast. You know, we appreciate elders on this show. Elder? Did you just call me an Damn, elder? It's like that. Hey, wise. Did, wait, didn't that wise. joke work with your wife? Wow. <laughs> and now you're hearing it back and you're like, God damn it. I am not an elder. No, can I tell you? So I, I'm, uh, I'm young at heart. I know. Well, for, for anybody who didn't know, I'm Indian. And uh, in Indian culture, anybody who's older, you call them an auntie or uncle. And so a lot of people are like, oh, they're not actually your auntie or uncle. But the day you get called an auntie right. is like the worst day in life. <laughs> and I was younger when I got called an auntie by like a little kid with his dad. And I like yelled at the dad. Uh, and I was like, how could you let him do this? If you call me an uncle, I'm walking out. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, if you were at like an Indian wedding, they would call you, hi, John, uncle. <laughs> Fine. It's <laughs> just how it is. Just a respect yeah. thing. Um, people don't get it. I'll be your, uh, I'll be your Funkle, your fake, your fake uncle. <laughs> I actually really Fun like uncle. that Funkle. Um, so we we established the, the way, last one. You can use that in lots of ways. You can have a gunkle, a gay uncle. You can oh, have. There's all sorts that. of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Indians will be like, no, we're just going to stay with uncle. Uh, <laughs> so we determined you're in a relationship because you're married for the last 35 yeah, years. It's not complicated at all. Not at all. I've right? been married for 32, but together for 35. Wow. You were just trying to round up. You can't steal those. No, you were 32 years, okay? <laughs> you don't give us those extra three. Um, well, wedding, bedding, right? you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> so you gave us sort of the story. Let's do a quick version of that. Uh, you met on set. I met on set. My wife was an aspiring actor. I was an aspiring director. We started dating. She would she would not give it up until we were, were done with the project, which I thought showed a great deal of integrity, and you also gave in. me a goal to finish the project. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, How long did that project take? Just it, curious. It was like a month. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's sort of that makes a good yeah. <laughs> time frame. Yeah. Yeah, we were in still, general. We were still. We I make people on. wait a month, and that's not in a project. All right. 
Well, this was very, it was very specific. It wasn't like you had to figure it out. We knew what we were waiting for. And I, you know, I, I, I knew the, that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You yeah, know? totally. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then you guys moved in after six months. Yep. Did you ever like ask officially or how did that work? And you To get married? <laughs> no, no. Like, usually it did. No, like to be in a relationship. Because now, you know, we've done these episodes too of like, do you ask to be in a relationship or is it assumed you're in a relationship? Right. Or is it, because that's really complicated study? for what people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> we, we kind of understood each other at the time pretty well. I don't know that we directly said, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not dating anybody else. I just wasn't interested in seeing anybody else once mm -hmm. I started seeing her. And, and I kind of knew that she felt the same way. Um, and... Uh, we just started seeing a lot of each other. Yeah. Um, after uh, uh, after the project that we were on and we were then officially dating, um, I was hired onto a commercial and she was auditioning for the commercial and yeah. I was in all the nice. producer sessions and saw it get whittled down from like 100 to 20 to 5 to 3 to 1 and she got the job. Oh. And I didn't say anything to the uh, to to the producers and stuff. I was just like a production coordinator, um, and finally I confessed once she got the job, and they thought it was really cute. Aww. Uh, and it was a it was a commercial shoot with a bunch of like wild animals, so it was really fun. She was like playing with like tigers and cheetahs. Oh, cool! And I was like, that's my girl. And yeah. she's also like you said, an archer, just so well, awesome. Yeah, that came later. My oh, wife okay. is a competitive archer, and she now wow. travels around the world and competes. That's insane that's and so cool. cool. It's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, yeah. I'd also be super nervous of pissing her off. Don't piss her off. Yeah, she, I, she can not only kill me, but she can kill me from 70 meters. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she'll go gone girl on, on you. The, on the bright side, if the zombie apocalypse comes, yes. I'm set. You got, this is, mm -hmm. yep. It's good. It's true. Um, so She'll be the hunter, I'll be the gatherer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so in the last episode, we talked a lot about like, okay, there's a lot of fucking single people. 45% of adult Americans over 18. Um, and you were, you know, we started talking about um, some keys to a successful relationship. And the first one that you and I had talked about, like off mic, which I always loved, is marrying your best friend. Mm. Do you mean that literally? Because sometimes like I, I have lots of best friends and I'm like, I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying, but yeah. I think if you're going to pick the person to spend the rest of your life with, it's important that you want to be with that person more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think that's a really good definition of best friend is the person you would rather be with than anyone else on the face of the earth. And I would rather be with my wife than anybody else, mm -hmm. even present company as lovely as they are. <laughs> um, and and uh, I think that that definition of friendship translates well to life partner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, w when you talk about people who are just friends, that's not your best friend. Right. And I had a best friend before I met my wife, but she supplanted him and yeah. she is now my best friend. So some days you can get in a full breakfast, a full workout, and a full face of makeup. Other days, you're lucky if you get a full two minutes in front of the mirror before you have to run out the door. This is where Wander Beauty comes in. 
Wander Beauty is all about doing more with less, whether it's super-powered skincare or makeup multitaskers. Their skin-loving ingredients pack a serious punch, allowing you to get maximum payoff from even the most streamlined beauty routine. Wander Beauty uses only clean and cruelty-free ingredients. Trust me, you're allowed to be a little picky. This stuff does go on your face after all. I've personally been obsessed with the Wanderer Seascape eyeshadow palette, which I legit wear almost every day. It goes with everything and the shimmer packs the best punch and it's also easy to put on. And when it comes to touch-ups, Wander Beauty's got you covered. Everything they make is perfectly packaged so that you can throw it in your purse and apply it on the go. I'm telling you, get the full effect without a full routine. Now you can get 20% off your purchase when you order at wanderbeauty.com slash dating. That's wanderbeauty.com slash dating for 20% off. Once again, that's wanderbeauty.com slash dating. And like, I mean, there are definitely qualities of, you know, the, I think the good parts about finding like somebody who is your best friend is there's a, a, a different kind of openness for sure. You're not like nervous all the time about them judging you. Like you said, you can be kind of off the cuff and say things that other people might perceive who might not be as close to you as offensive, but like your partner will love you. And they're like, ah, oh, it's just <laughs> right John on. being yeah. John. That's right. You know, and, uh, and I mean, it's the same with me. It's like, I'll say a bunch of shit and I know I can do that with my close friends. Like Aisha, so you need to say a bunch of shit and do a bunch of shit. And she's like, yep. Yeah, that's Tasha. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, you know, but so I should basically, I think you and I should get married. I think that's what this is coming down yeah, to. Yeah, I think this is, um, <laughs> this sorry to all the single bachelors exactly. out there. Uh, I mean, how do you see that? What do you think about marrying your best friend? I definitely like the idea of that. Um, There's a question. Yeah. What is it? Um, first of all, don't have too many male friends, so. Yeah, yeah. What about that? <laughs> That isn't well, I think that, I mean, I always, before I was dating my wife, had lots of male and female yeah. friends. And there always is, no matter what anyone says, the lingering thing of, are they a yes or are they a no to you? Uh-huh. you know? I think that's a guy thing. I think girls are so much quicker at like I don't putting, you. I don't know. I, my, I have a best, or two guy best friends from New York, been one since I was, oh my gosh, 14 years the other for 10 years and everybody else used to be like right. something must no, have happened. No, but like, no, you. nothing happened. Yeah, there were no, but for yeah. me, and it's like, it was a very simple, so I feel like with girls, though, like, because when people ask easy. me, they're like, the guy yeah. must be in your circle currently. Oh, no, I'm like, I, why I'm single? And they're like, you, you the, he, he exists. I'm like, I mean, I feel like I would have already right. explored that option. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like you're going to act on it, but it's, and, but I think that there is this sort of natural tendency to like would I or wouldn't I kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And 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 uh, um, and I'm you know, <laughs> it's it's funny. I like to think you grow out of that when you get in a successful relationship. Yeah, sure. sort of like a, yeah. you know, not something that figures into the equation thing. Yeah. Um, uh, especially when you are married to someone who can kill you. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, no, but it's just it's just not so interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. The other thing is 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 relationships are really fucking hard work. Right. Mm. So. What? <laughs> I thought they were so easy <laughs> and they just them. made sense well, from day one. And well, not so, like it was well, always easy breezy. Well, once you're in one that's fights. working because it's so much work, 
why would you ever do anything to damage it? And God. why the hell would you want to start a whole new one? Because right. the most work, I think, is at the beginning when you're figuring shit mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You know, once you figured each other out, it gets a little bit easier. You have to still deal with life's changes and all sorts of things like that. But, but I think the Did toughest- you guys have that learning curve? Like, because sure. I feel like um, all my friends who got married, I've, uh, from even their feedback to me, I saw it even with my brother, was like that first year, especially when you're married and you live mm. together, was like always their hardest. And and it was because like they were learning each other and this curve. And right. Well, it's funny. I think, you know, I had three had three years of living together before we got married. And I think most of the learning was done during that time. Yeah. Right. Although a few years after we got married, we took a job in Japan and moved there for a year. Mm. And we worked... Uh, sitting right next to each other at uh, um, at desks, and we lived in a tiny little apartment oh, yeah. the size of the studio. And at one point, she says, I don't remember this, but this is what she says. <laughs> she says that I said to her, you're so moody these days. And, and, and her response was, I've always been moody. It's just I can get away from you usually. <laughs> so I learned Love that it. my wife is moody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you will continue to learn things yeah. about them years later. But I think you it's a it's a curve thing. You learn the most at the beginning. You learn less and less mm-hmm. as you go, and mm-hmm. then you kind of settle in together. Yeah. And then it's kind of like it's it it's uh, t- you know now it's kind of like we we know each other really really well. We yeah. don't surprise each other that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good and bad. Right. Totally. Um, but I think that uh, there are advantages in this day and age because we focus on other things outside of our relationship and things with our relationship. We focus on the things that work for us. Yeah. Um, do you think people are also like drama seeking? Bored people. <laughs> well, Because like think- something you had mentioned before, right? In the last episode is like your work life is really busy and it's it's got it's constantly, I'm sure, throwing you curveballs. And uh your relationship is something that you value for it being more consistent. Yeah. So for me, of- a drama queen would not work at all. Yeah. yeah. Um certainly when I was dating, um there were some you know, amazing times with drama queens in very short-term relationships. <laughs> but I think that it's something that I don't want in my life. I don't want that to be the dramatic part of my, my yeah. life. I have enough drama with work and things that I do, and I, I just don't need that mm-hmm. um, and, uh, um, and, and don't want it. And um, I'm probably a little bit more of the drama queen in the relationship, but I like to think it's not too extreme and 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 it's uh, it keeps things interesting for her. I don't know. Yeah, right. yeah. She, uh, she she you know she does just sort of roll her eyes and let me go rant <laughs> on sometimes. And but she tolerates it, you yeah. know. So so we all you know we all give our partners what they need, <laughs> right? Whether it's an ear or whatever. And I think also it's just like uh, we talked in the last podcast a little bit about sort of my theory of you end up a successful relationship. You appreciate the person's attributes and you and you uh, don't really mind their detriments like uh i don't mind my wife spending money but like if she spent it on like shoes and purses like to me that would be just kind of like wasteful and useless and she spends it on like 
really expensive arrows and technical equipment. And I kind of think that's sexy and cool. Yeah. So I don't, I would not think a shoe obsession would be that sexy and cool. It would have do nothing to me. Um, totally. She doesn't even own a pair of heels anymore. You know? <laughs> oh my right. gosh. Uh, I have like 80 pairs. Of shoes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, but, but I always but, wear the same three. Is that, that's like that a thing, happens. right? Yeah, but I have it for special occasions, yeah, every you, color, every everything. Yeah, but you don't have three bows and, yeah. you know, titanium arrows yeah, that right. have to be assembled and she solders them, them and yeah. stuff like that, which I find kind of hot, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, John, what turns you on? Yeah, right. <laughs> Soldering. The smell of solder. <laughs> um. So another one that you uh, that you had mentioned, which I definitely like, um, though I have some questions around it. I'm Don't ready. go to bed mad. Mm. Right. Well, I think that it. I think that when things linger, they fester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get in your head about them, and you. Well, for me, I get a big tape running in my head, and my wife knows that she can see that I'm just not... Our way of dealing with this, when we have a fight about something, I sit there and steam, and she pretends it never happens, <laughs> even though I know she's thinking about it. Yep. And so the way it goes is I'm the pressure cooker, and she knows she's got to let the steam out because it's not going to be good, and it's going to be worse if it takes too long. So, so usually our fights will... The turn it will take is she says... She says, okay, clearly you still have some energy about what happened. Go ahead. (laughs) And I'll go on a rant about it. And she'll say, fine, I'm sorry. Does that make you feel better? And I'm like, that doesn't count as a sorry. <laughs> oh my God, you're a bad person. Yeah, it's like, it's you're not, a bad person that well, I'm like, not, I can't. We all know that's a bullshit <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Come on. It's like, I yeah. know that that's a, she thinks, and I said, you know, just saying it is, yeah. is not enough. You, you have to mean it or don't say it. <laughs> and she's like, but if she doesn't say it, it'd never end. Well, right. well that's what she, that's what mm. she's thinking about. Like, I want you, I, I, I want you to say it, me, and she's like, "You can have your way, but but you don't, but you don't get to make me like exactly. it." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we reach a detente eventually, and but that's like we, we've gone to bed, and I know that she has reached the point where she's willing to at least say she's sorry, even though she doesn't mean it. And that's starting on the path towards a real sorry. Right. I, I, so I'm like, I don't accept that as a sorry, but I know we're on our way, so I can go yes. to bed now. But I think that when you when you go to bed mad, not only does it fester, but you don't sleep well. Mm. Yeah. So then you true. wake up tired and even more pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, true. So I just think finding a place of closure, even that closure is, you know what? I think we're over the hump. We'll feel better tomorrow. Totally. Let's go to sleep. You know I love you. you know, yeah. It's like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And— uh, so my four-year relationship, I always say, was very healthy for that reason and in that way that we had a rule that we would never go to bed mad. And But the, the difference was, and here's my question, as we were much younger, and so we could stay on the phone for three, four hours and try to figure <laughs> this shit out. And I was now very like, yeah, <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. Like now it's just like, you know, yesterday, let's say, for example, if I was in a relationship and I got in a fight yesterday, um, went to the UFC match. <laughs> How fun was that? Um, but like, imagine it was my boyfriend and we had gotten in a fight there. But I got home and I'm fucking like, I didn't even I'm not I'm exhausted to a point of like, I just lay and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> knocked out. I don't snore, but it would be cute if I did. Um, and <laughs> uh, what do I do then? Because like, I just 
like nowadays, people are so busy. It's all about time management, Natasha. You have to fight on the way home and mm. reach that closure point in the car, or you can't spend three, four hours doing it. Right. You, as Look, the older you get, the more you're at the point where your life is ticking down until when you die. Okay, yeah, you're still Jesus. on the side totally. where it's ticking up to your midpoint. No, not at okay. all. I'm very so like, I'm, this is, I'm looking this at is everything it. in terms of, okay, my most precious resource is time. Mm. All right, so let's have this fucking fight and get it over with because I don't want to be dealing with this tomorrow. Right. I got other things to do tomorrow. Let's deal with it right now. And in 30 minutes, we can knock this shit out. Okay, right. let's do it. And, and, you know. What if you get in a fight in the middle of the day and you're both at work? Oof. I think that would we— Would you wait till you get home? Yeah, yeah, I would wait till oh, I got okay, home. okay, okay. Yeah, you, you You're not like, I want to have this talk right now. I, it may depend on your job and if you're the boss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, but uh, I think right. you, you can certainly wait till you get home. Yeah. No, it's the actual—you're sleeping in the same bed. Yeah. So right. this notion of sleeping in the same bed with someone that you have animosity towards right. is really uncomfortable because that energy yep. is permeating you as you're sleeping, oh, you know? Oh, well, what about people who—and— and, um, uh, like when they get mad, they sleep in the other room. So that well, that's going to bed, man. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan. The only excuse for sleeping in the other room is snoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, we I are snorers. That. Yeah. And sometimes either one of us will go and and uh, you know we we use you know uh, breathe right and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. but but uh, but we both are so it's like yeah, what are you so gonna do true, yeah and and so occasionally in the middle of the night we always go to sleep together mm-hmm. but if the other person wakes you up you can go in the other room and it's no harm no yeah. foul yeah um, and by the way we did have a big fight about this oh. because <laughs> she she used to when I was snoring like give me a little shove to stop me from snoring right. And then I would wake up, and she would go uh, um, right to sleep. Thanks. And I was like, my mom did what the fuck's up dad. with that? <laughs> yeah. Why should both of us be be awake? You know, that's not right. And she said, well, when I just jostle you a little, you don't really wake up. And I said, yes, I do. Uh-huh. Sometimes, I'm up, sometimes I'm up for hours after that. So we have a deal that there is no jostling of the person awake anymore. Mm-hmm. Because just because one person's in misery awake in the middle of the night, the other shouldn't be. We both— don't sleep super well at night. Now we have a puppy who has to oh, pee. So we're, man. it's You're like, screwed. Yeah. we're like newborn parents now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so definitely our sleep is, is, uh, is, you know, a sanctuary now. And we have to, you know, the last thing we need to do is go to bed mad now. Right. Because totally. between the puppy, the snoring and everything else, we're fucked. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. You need to. Yeah. So so timing matters for sure yep. but also you're you're not saying like solve the entire crux of the problem but definitely like I you know it's one thing my family and I have this too where I always um People always ask me, like, how come you like the Kardashians? I love the Kardashians. They're like my guilty pleasure. But it's also because family dynamic-wise, that was our family, where everybody was in everybody's business. Everybody knew what was happening in the other person's life. Then you had a giant blowout. But by the end of the night, no matter what happened, like, I'd pop my head in, like, when I lived at home. And I was like, I love you, Dad. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, we were both like, fine. And then the next day— Completely fine. We were like, all right. We were just everybody just being dumb and saying silly things and yeah. What, moving on. what you have to get 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 rid of is the escalation. Yeah, because right. because if you're unhappy in the relationship, you shouldn't be together. But to suddenly take something stupid and small mm-hmm. and let it get blown out of proportion doesn't help anybody. And I'm as guilty of it as the next person. 
So getting on that path to recovery before you go to sleep is really important because it stops the situation from escalating. Right. It starts, yep. the, the argument got up to its apex and you're starting on its downward point as opposed to leaving it on its apex and it may keep climbing afterwards yeah. otherwise. Do you, you, you sparked a thought in me, which is what I was looking up. Um, do you believe in, have you heard of John Gottman? No. He is one of the top um, relationship psychologists in the world. Um, and he has something called the Gottman Institute, very, very big. Um, and so he calls something called, uh, it's called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. They say there's four behaviors that are uh, a 90% predictor of divorce. And it's kind of a standard across therapies and whatever now. I've never because, heard this. I'm oh, very really? curious. Yeah. No. So here are the, the four uh, yeah, behaviors. Um, criticism, uh, contempt, uh, defensiveness and stonewalling. So if people have uh, these kinds of qualities and they're not improving on it, and so they're saying like criticism isn't, um, like you can't complain about something, but when it gets to a point where you are, uh, like their example is, um, here, here's one example. They said, uh, a complaint is, I was scared when you were running late and didn't call me. I thought we had agreed that we would do that for each other. Criticism is, you never think about how your behavior is affecting other people. I don't, I can't believe like you are, I don't believe you are that forgetful. You're just selfish. You never think of others. You never think of me. So like going that skewed. Just taking it. I'm, I am guilty level. of all those things and I do not think they are precursors to divorce. Okay. Um, no, I, well, well, my tape with her, I always say, I, I'm your least important client. Uh, because <laughs> my wife is very kind and generous, and she looks out for others, sometimes at my expense. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm client one. And she, but anyway, her, and her response is, no, I am my least important client. And that's when I realized, <laughs> that's when I, realized I married deep. my mother. I married someone who cares about other people so much right, more yeah. than herself that I need to embrace that rather than criticize But I don't it. think that, I don't think what you're saying again is as much a criticism. I think it would have been if you, if you were like, that makes her a horrible person because she's okay. whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but. But yeah, well, well criticism. Like name calling, like when yeah. it gets to like name calling and even contempt and stuff like that, when it gets to a point where it's like, it's not, it, it's. Nasty and look, and all those productive. moments happen. They're saying, yeah. this is something John Gottman says. Oh, you're going to go through moments in life where of course you're going to say mean things to each other and whatever. But if that's your constant with it, everybody. The extreme versions of all four of those. There are people who like, be, yeah. they default in every conversation or fight to that. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, there's good reason for those to be warning signs, mm -hmm. certainly. So if you see yourself looking, well, I, I certainly know that I've had coworkers or employees where I just think they make dumb decisions mm -hmm. and and everything they throw at me, I, I look at with a, well, it's coming from this person and they make dumb decisions, so probably this is not the thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like they've lost my trust, right. you know? Right. And so if you get to a point where your default is is criticism, yes. that's a big problem. What was number two? Contempt. Well, contempt, yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to, admire and cherish the mm -hmm. person you're with because if you find the person worthy of contempt, what's it saying about yourself that you're with them? Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a Defensiveness good Defensiveness is the other one where like every, nobody can have a conversation with you because it's always the other person's fault. Yeah, it's never your fault. Yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm pretty defensive. <laughs> but I, learned it, I blame my father. Yeah, and, yeah, And yeah. he's been married for 61 years. All right, so it worked. <laughs> um, and then stonewalling. This one I don't, I, I'm like, there's no way this can act, this 
can be helpful at all. Like Stonewall no. is like, yeah. you're trying to have a fight. They walk away. They close but the door. Like, they well, don't speak. Well, I'm the one who says don't go to bed, bed, bed mad. Yeah, right. so that's going the, to bed yeah. mad is the ultimate stonewalling yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, yeah that's a bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys, another cute thing is you guys also like spend a lot of time apart, but you spend a lot of time together. Um, and, and you've said a lot about like being your own person. Why is that important? Well, I think that somebody who needs to be a rescuer wants to be with someone who needs them all the time. Yeah. And I'm married to someone who could survive on her own out after the zombie apocalypse. Uh, um, I would be, just be her plus one during that. So so clearly I want someone who, uh, I'm with someone and I want someone who's very independent and takes care of herself and doesn't need me all the time. She does need me to open jars and um and so I'm very good with the jars yes. and I think that, that that makes me feel important. So that's good. So what about though, like we've had we have had a recent guest on the show and he talked about like so statistically, um uh, and we also had another guest who has a book um called uh The Love Gap, Why Smart Women Are Single. Right. And she talks about how statistically a, a majority of men say they want an independent woman, but a far less majority actually yeah, want that like actually totally go in that, that is the reality. So, um, you know, when you're saying like you love that she's independent and can like do her own thing, uh, and survive ha- without you, and survive without that's like <laughs> yeah, a very secure, yeah, confident secure. thing to say. But like, I remember this one guest came and he said, Men want to feel needed and yeah. they want to feel admired and they want to feel like, Yeah, you can do it, but let us do it. What do you think? Well, I think that there that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that I am special or an outlier or some Mr. Perfect, because <laughs> I certainly have plenty of flaws. Sure. But it is something that I value. And I uh, my relationship exhibits it. So it's not in dispute. It's mm-hmm. definitely— uh, Look, do I want to feel needed? Some sure, you know. I mean, I, I mean, to be- open jars—that's like a yes. serious. Like you Need. get stuck without jam. Yeah. Well, and, and- well, what I do with my fucking peanut butter in the morning—just <laughs> peanut butter, yuck. <laughs> Thank, thank you for making me feel validated. Yeah, um, but but it's, um, you know, I think that that uh, look. The fact of the matter is, archery doesn't, you know, bring in the dough. Okay, so there is a financial imbalance. Yeah, yeah. I'm an archer sure. sponsor, but. Um, she also does a lot of things in helping run the, the life. you know, my businesses and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, so we're a team. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that brings us to another thing that is the key to a successful thing is you have to look at yourself as a team. Mm-hmm. So much as I've preached the notion of having very independent lives and your own interests, I think it's great to, I think it's great for women to have circles of women mm-hmm. that they, that they could talk about, you know. Yeast infections with I don't know. Yeah, what yeah, totally. About. That's <laughs> totally what I used to talk about all the time. Infection. Like that's, anytime <laughs> we're together, we're yeah. like, man, how's that yeast infection? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think just like I think. How it's can really we avoid for, a yeast infection? Like, I, I cherish my guy groups that I hang out with, and yeah. we just like yeah. take turns kicking each other in the balls. Totally. You know? right. <laughs> I was yeah. just about to say that you're tapping, you're doing the ball tap all the time. Second So no, it's 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 really fun. I I have a whiskey club and I have a poker group and I have all those kinds of things. Sorry, go ahead. And she's like, oh, you're gone. Like, thank God I could just read. Right. You're like, like yeah. we, we cherish, we spend enough time together that we cherish the time apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that time apart is also really important so that you're not like losing yourself in the relationship, right. which is like, because sometimes people become so one yeah. that they 
like don't know how to function without somebody yeah. else or don't just really forget their own joy and spark of life. Yep. And then they sometimes become resentful because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, the fact that I referenced that what do girls talk about yeast infections, <laughs> is that offensive? Or no, is it, no, it was because, a joke. Well, Come because, on, that was well, a because, total well, joke. Well, no, because to me, if I had said, you know, talking about men, that would be like, oh, you're talking about us. Like, oh, we're so yeah. important. No, I, <laughs> no, know you guys no, I just thought it was funny. I, I, no, it's listen, funny. I know women are together talking about th- their plan for world domination. Yes. We all know that. <laughs> it's the plot. It's the plot. <laughs> That's a little closer. Yeah. That actually is. No, I am very curious about um, how do you, how do you guys maintain the trust after all these years? Because I think that's like you also mentioned yeah. in the last one, key to a relationship. But nowadays, with so much stuff and access, a lot of trust is getting broken mm-hmm. and not. How do you guys? And you guys, you travel a lot. He tra- like that's one of my big things is I travel a lot and I go. I I do like to just. I go home to India for like a month or two months. And um, that's because my family is also really important to me. But when I'm in something here, I, I'm i like, oh, shit, is this other person going to be okay with like me being yeah. gone for so long? And I don't only mean trust of like relationships being broken or or whatever, but just like even somebody being cool. Like how do you guys handle that? Like being away for, from each other for so long and then that trust factor. Well, I think um, the key to that is don't be shady because sure. yeah. small instances of if if you saw small instances of mistrust from someone uh, uh, that you're with, you probably know that's the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. So I think that you just don't don't like it's just the same thing as it was with friends or in the workplace. If you start lying, right. Once people see, catch you in one lie, they know you're a liar. Yeah. Okay. And it's like they they everything else is colored by that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like that with a relationship as well. So I think you want to um uh av- you know avoid anything that causes that kind of doubt. And mm-hmm. I think that in our relationship, we just haven't experienced that with mm-hmm. one another. And and we you know, the other thing is is like when she travels for tournaments and things like that, and when I'm traveling, it's for work. Right. It's like. It's not that there's not opportunity, and and this is getting back to the ultimate trust stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not like there's not opportunities. I'm sure of for course. both of us, but it's just like we're doing something else. We're there to do yeah. something else. It's it it, and we're doing something we love. Yeah. And so it's not like I'm unfulfilled by this, so I must find some other kind of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. We're traveling, doing fulfilling things. Yeah. The couples that I feel sorry for and I think have problems with this is ones who have less fulfilled professional lives mm-hmm. or personal lives just in terms of, of you know, uh, uh, a, a mom who's home with the kids and has lost her identity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really tough place to be. And I feel for a person like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important if you are married to, to uh, and we don't have kids, but if you're mar- married to the mother of your children and she's not doing that, I would be— Hope you would encourage her to find other passions and support that, and do the things with childcare that allow her to do that. Mm-hmm. Because happy wife, happy life, and that yeah. translates to husband as well. I think. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on like how do you, um, because uh, you know, again in this generation of wanting more and the best and and that whole feeling, which is all mind made in a way, but. 
how do you guys mitigate that kind of thing? Or what do you, what would you suggest for people who are in something not to want to think of like what else is out there? And two, that whole thing of, you know, older, like our past generations, um, they really worked through problems and there was a level of commitment to working through problems where now everybody's like, oh, well, we could just get divorced. Tapping out. Yeah, and that is, especially as a childless couple, you know, a lot of people stay together for the kids, or at least mm-hmm. that makes it harder to go up, to, to, to break up for financial reasons, as, mm-hmm. you know, as well as other things. Um, so I think there's, in some ways, the kid, not having kids makes it easier. But on the other hand, we would have an easy eject button. Totally. We, you know, the, easier than a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think what it is, um, I think the key is when you are first together and you have all of your greatest physical charms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and physical attraction, you have to develop a close enough bond that you are, as those things fade, more more attracted to the other person because of the growth of the resonance of your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that is you just grow to appreciate those things. And the people who have these midlife crises, divorces, are people who don't appreciate those mm-hmm. things. And they're looking at the superficial loss of, of traditional beauty or they're looking at, you know, right. like expecting someone not to age, which mm-hmm. leads to time fighters who mm-hmm. are getting too much plastic surgery and all sorts of stuff like that. So I think that that the key to all that is to early in your relationship, you know, sow those seeds so that you're forming those bonds that later on will carry you through uh, when you don't have what you, what brought you there. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like at, at at this stage in my life, you know, that part of my life is covered. Like I just don't, I'm just not interested mm-hmm. in exploring other avenues. It's just not interesting to me. What I have is so much deeper and more resonant than what's out there. It just doesn't come into play. Yeah. Um, and not everyone has that yeah. built into them. Not everyone is a swan who mates for life, you know. And uh, uh, I, I'm one and I found one. And so I'm I'm very fortunate in that. But I think that you have to be open to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some people want to look for other things. And there must be something else out there and everything like that. Again, because they're not fulfilled professionally. Because... Um, in many, in some cases, the kids become their identity. So yeah. people are spending less time yeah. together than with the kids. I've mm-hmm. seen that with a lot of my yeah, friends that's who split up. Yeah. You know. It's a long answer. Sorry, but uh, no. Longest. When you when you were dating and uh, and like around when you met your wife, was it like you? Do you feel like you were in a zone of like, oh, I want to meet somebody who I can, or were you just being open? Mm-hmm. Um, like I went, I'm in a zone to like get married right. was that or were you just open? I, I just, I have a little bit of a mathematical analytical mind. And to my mind, it was just didn't make sense to be with someone I didn't see a future mm-hmm. with. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean. So you were just, you were like dating with like, oh, okay, does this person have long-term course. potential? I, yeah. I, I, you know, I certainly had my hookups and of things course. like that, like we all do. What, they um, had hookups back in the day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was usually like in a barn, you know, or something like that. No. Yeah, there were, there were, um, no, it, we, that that definitely had gone on, but I did a lot of that in sort of my late teens and early tw- early twenties. We, we met when I was still barely twenty one, so it was pretty wow. early. But mm-hmm. but um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I'd done all that, and I don't know about you, but like, there's 
it's fun while it's happening, but there's this emptiness that follows. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I (laughs) talk about how, so that was one of the reasons I now call myself the reformed commitment phobe is that when I went through my commitment phobe phase, I was very like, I don't want anything more from you after. And so, you know, that became sort of a habit in a way until finally, like, there came a point where if I was flexing with somebody, I was just like, like, I, I just felt like nothing. Like mm-hmm. there was not, it wasn't even, it wasn't even fun anymore. Cause I was like not fulfilling to any point. So I was like, all right, I think I'm ready. <laughs> that what? was when I was like, yeah, moving on from this life. When you think about those times, it's like, sometimes like you have a really good time with someone and then that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll do that again sometime, but it's, 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 it's one of those, you know, quickly fueled things oh, that it can burn out. Yep. And Hot let's flames. just face it, if it was not a good time, it's just like the feeling is so horrible Such for both waste. for both parties. <laughs> yeah. And you just you want to forget it ever happened. Totally. You want that time to to to, yeah. to yeah. be to return to you. It's just there's just not a lot of and and I you know, I think that there's more of those than the other kind, unfortunately. I was just I definitely had reached a point where I was just like, if I don't see potential for someone, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to sleep with them. It's just, yeah. it's like that. That's just not interesting. Oh, John, this you. is the phase I'm in in my life now. <laughs> I just it's, need to meet a. It's a good place to be, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> She's not available. <laughs> All the good She's ones are taken. taken. Yes. Shit. <laughs> um, Aish, do you have any questions? I feel like let's just ask John. Like he's the. Uh, <laughs> What does it take? I know, right? No, it's, I mean, I don't you know were what works for me. You know, I don't questions. know what, tell, what, what works for you. No, no, I, you are the answer. I know. The oracle. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. My, my, my we f- also have Adam here who's married, true. but we don't ask Adam anything. Well, he's a newlywed, <laughs> okay? Newly so the married. verdict's still out. He's still on double secret probation, okay? <laughs> um, so... You also say that you should support some the other person's passions. That's just common sense. Come on. You would yeah. think. Can I tell you? So when I started this podcast, I was in a relationship, living with the person. He knew I wanted to start something like this. At first was like, yeah, 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 totally. Then was like, not no. for it. Mm-hmm. And this isn't before the, the bad stuff happened before the breakup, but it was like, he just started turning and I was like, oh, that's so weird. But when he first started dating me, he said the thing he loved about me mm. was like, I always like have my own side thing and I'm always creating and I'm doing stuff. But then when I was actually doing it, he wasn't supportive of that. Mm-hmm. And it made him very uncomfortable, not just this podcast, but like anything else I did outside. It was mostly because it was me doing my own thing and him not doing it. Um, so you'd be surprised that people aren't as supportive as you would think. Well, I think people feel threatened by their partner being happier with what they're doing than, yeah. than they are. I think they're worried, well, does that mean I won't get as much attention? Right. Um, I think it's a two-way street in that if you have a passion and that passion takes time, you also have to be wary of the fact that if you want your partner's support— it should not, everything should not be at their expense. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, for example, Thursday night in our house is league night. Okay. That's when she goes to archery league. So, if I'm going to plan something for an evening during the week, 
I tend to to try to plan it on Thursday night because even though she's not back that late from league night, that's kind of that's league night and it's it's a good night. So then those things. other days you get together, not, but on a mutual day you can. Well, it's there are other times where we other other things going on at night, right. but like that's yeah. just it's part of the effort of we want to be able to spend time together every week, and we and especially it's nice to spend evening and weekend time together. Yes. What do you think because about she's people? My best friend, like right. I told you. But what about supporting the passion? If they're just like my passion is to play video games, or my passion is to to shop, my passion is to watch sports. All day. Well, those could be considered addictions rather than passions. Okay? <laughs> right. Depends so I think, yeah, what they're doing with that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's easier to support a, a passion that yields some kind of tangible result that makes them a, a better yeah. person anyway. So, for example, my wife doing archery supports her fitness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's going to save you when the apocalypse comes. And, yes. and, well, there is the zombie apocalypse effect, yes. which yeah. we cannot forget about. Right. But So I think it's easy for, easier for me to support that. If her passion was shopping, like, well, what's the end result of that? I mean, that? it might That's be good, good for her soul. She'd be a happier person because she came home with the really cool stuff <laughs> that would make her feel really nice. Person, right. you know? it's, it's almost That's like it's— also it's fair. So I, I think that that's a trickier one. If it's video games and they start, if if you if they that was their passion going in, well, people don't really change yeah. that much. Oh my know. God! Thank you. Say that again. People don't really change that much. They don't. So don't don't uh, um, uh, uh, you know don't uh, uh, hook up with someone that you're going to want to stay with for a long time and think that they're going to change. They're yes. probably not going to change as much as you think they are. Yeah. Uh, that said, I think that couples that are together for a long time start to <laughs> be, gravitate towards one another in different ways. And that's organic, and, but it doesn't work when it's forced. And I've seen mm. this happen and it's, uh, um, and, and, and it's painful right. Right, mm. to see happen. Um, it's also your opinions morph towards one another. Uh. Yeah. Like I, I know that we agree about a movie a lot more often. And if I liked it more and she liked it less, when we start talking about it, I'll like it a little less and she'll like it a little like more. more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of funny. Everybody yeah. should play the game where you have to to argue the other person's side. Yeah. It's uh, really fun. Well, and it's hard. Well, that's a like, whole that's a whole other thing is we we live in a society where everyone's point of view is predetermined by their pre-existing feelings. And right. instead of looking at evidence, they're like, how, how let me check, how does that conform to my pre-existing point right. of view? Mm-hmm. And and that's death in a relationship. So what we need to do is start looking at things politically in the same way that we look at our relationships, which is looking at issues individually instead of saying, oh, this is how I feel, so therefore I should not like this. Right. And does every part of your life match up? Like, in you know, because kind of that coming back to seeking perfection bit is, you know, you assume— this person must like all the same things I like. They must have the same approach to everything. We must have the same lifestyle and the same values and the same. Though I think I'll, you should have some fundamental stuff. But what do you, I mean? Okay, so here absolutely not. And here are some here are some major problems in my relationship. Okay. Yeah. I want to do ten times as many things as she wants to do. Right. Yeah. Our solution to that is I don't do quite as many things as I want to do, and I do some of them without her. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, I want to never eat the same thing twice, and she wants to order the same thing oh, yeah. at a restaurant when we go every I time. I can eat the same thing every day. Yeah, and and so the solution is, 
we she gets the same thing and yeah. I order whatever I want and we share something that we both want. Yeah. I mean, you find solutions to these things. Right. So we don't match up on everything, but you we find solutions and ways to 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 uh to make it work. Um she hates parties. Okay. <laughs> I kind of like to do more social things and yeah. and uh, it comes to the fact she came from a military family and she was trotted out and was was presented at parties and was required to go to them. Yeah. I grew up in the country without enough parties. I wanted more parties. I like parties. I'm a yeah. social butterfly. So I go to some parties without her and if it's really important to me that she come then then uh, um then I'll let her know this is an important one will you please come but I yeah. don't say you're going to this party. Yeah, totally. right. Because I'll get that look that says excuse me right. bitch what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> I have gotten that look. Well, I also what I find interesting and cool is like a lot of what you're saying is you you guys have found the roots to the things. So it's like, okay, she doesn't like parties because she came from a military family and she was paraded around. So there's an understanding well, versus just being like, right. oh, you don't like this and I like this. Because you're antisocial. Yeah, right? yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, versus, yeah. Or you're not trying. Yeah. It, well, it's right. like you said, it's yes. putting it's putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. But this- Or but, asking questions also. Well, yeah. That, that would no, help. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is key. Talking about things, even when it's hard, you know. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to bed mad. Don't go, go to, to bed, bed mad. mad. Um, that's your list. You got yeah, it. That's now, we, now we are set is, for guys. life. <laughs> <laughs> and the next relationship I'm in, John, if it's not successful, <laughs> it's on you. I will take full responsibility. <laughs> and I'm going to make him or her, though I'm more into him, but you never know, um, is I will make them listen to this episode of the podcast. Well, or you can just have me back on and we'll dissect it and figure out. Or how about out, you just have a one-on-one on right, one with them and just teach them some ways and then be like, all right, go go be a good person. Maybe this, now. this could be a new career path for me. Think yeah. about it. Okay, we I'll do that. spark some shit off this podcast. <laughs> Somebody wants to write a book now, one of our guests because of this. I'm like, you're welcome. That's, <laughs> that, that's not going to be me. <laughs> I know it works for man. me, but I don't pretend to have the answers for anyone else. <laughs> well, John, thank you again so much for being on the show. How can everybody find you? Uh, I am on Instagram at, at John F. Kroll, J-O-N-F-K-R-O-L-L, no H. And on Twitter at Hippie Kid, H-I-P-P-Y-K-I-D. And um, Uncharted is on Natural. Yes, Geographic. my show. This is just me uh, trying to help Gordon, you out. I know. Plug away. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted is on National Geographic, and it's awesome. And Hulu and streaming and everywhere else you can find it. And Yay. we shot six, and we're doing eight more. Um, thank you seriously for being on the show. I love you as a human. We worked together at Utopia, and I was like, John and I always just vibed. Um, you're hilarious to me. I love that you're opinionated, but mostly because I know at the heart of it, you are like the kindest mm. man ever. <laughs> if I email John about anything and it's stupid, he will email me back. He will take the phone call. He will walk me through something, even if it's like you're— <laughs> you can't do this. And right. I'm like, oh, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Good to know. Thank we you. have such good chemistry. Maybe you can come to me with me to some of those parties that I'm invited to that my wife doesn't right. want to go to. <laughs> totally. We'll have a great time. Anytime. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, it's a deal. I'll just be a fill-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I think they made a, a rom-com about this. Sounds about right. With uh, Nick Centineo, where he was the, the oh, substitute, where like if somebody yeah. needed some, like a, just a date to a party and like they couldn't find anybody, they would, used yeah. an app and he just dressed up as whatever you needed him to be for the, right. it. I don't know, guys. It was a terrible movie, but I thought it was super cute and I love Nick Centineo. So. Well, I hate to break this to you, but one of the secrets of my relationship is we both hate rom-coms <laughs> and we love action movies. Sick. So it's really easy to pick out a movie Shit. every See, there you Friday go. Night. Now you found out my Achilles heel. Now you hate me because I love rom-coms, right. even though we've done episodes about how they ruin your life. <laughs> well, that's the thing that my wife always says is they're unrealistic. They <laughs> are. They are terrible. We have a great episode on it, but they're they're the worst. But I still love them. Um, Aisha, where can everybody find you on social media? You guys can find me at Aisha says dance across all them social media platforms. Friends, we are um, on social media at Kinda Dating across the board. I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you could please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows, we'd be so grateful. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts via voice memo to kindadating at gmail.com. Also, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. Our audio engineer is Adam Pineless. Jenna Ribbing is our associate producer. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.